You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch to talk about Tom Morello, which, you know, it happens from time to time on our show, but now it's going to be all about Tom Morello because he's given us a ridiculous amount of stuff to talk about this year. Yeah, we've we've had the thought of talking about him for quite some time, but actually it's a good thing that we didn't when we initially were going to talk about him because an entirely other album came out on top of the (laughs) other two. (laughs) Every every time we thought about talking about him, he was like, hold up, hold up, I got more music. (laughs) (laughs) The year's not over. Yeah, keep waiting. And and was the uh, most recent even planned? Like, because I had no idea that flood was even going to come out. It's like, he just had some extra tracks. He was like, ah, just throw it out on another album. Who cares? Yep. yep. I'm not aware of that being announced in advance much at all. Maybe a couple of days. Cause I know he released a few tracks a few days or maybe a week before the album, but that was about it. It was, it was real quick. He released like the cover art and they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and that was only about <laughs> like uh, yeah. two days, two days before it dropped. <laughs> and that was only about six weeks after the previous one. Yeah. So so before we get too far, the topic of tonight's conversation is Tom Morello and his busy 2021. He has released three. Well, he has released two full albums and one EP, as well as guesting on a number of other artists tracks. Yep. So we figure we would we'd give each of those releases a little bit of time and kind of see what we can make of what he's been up to. I don't know what you guys would call it, but I feel that with all of these collaborations that he did, like he's trying to bring all genres of music together. And I would almost feel like he's like the, the musical Jesus. Like he's bringing all these different genres and stuff together. Follow me under one. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to lead the way here, guys. And you can, you know, we'll all be one music eventually. Listen to this guitar riff and you can throw out whatever you want to on it. I mean, because he had rap artists, he had country stars, he had tons and tons of pop artists and then, you know, up and coming rock stars and things like that, too. So DJ dubstep people. Yeah, <laughs> just a lot of music all over the spectrum of every single genre. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and what's interesting. So obviously, Tom Morello, famous first for Rage Against the Machine then Audio Slave. He's done other things, too. He did Street Sweeper Social Club for a while. He's done plenty of releases under his own name. Well, under his own alter identity of the Night Watchman, where he kind of takes on a more I call it like a Woody Guthrie. He wants to be like a yeah, like a Americana, like outlaw kind of guy. And then now in 2018, he released his first album under the title called The Atlas Underground, and it was full of collaborations. And then this year he released two follow ups to that. There was The Atlas Underground Fire came out in October and then The Atlas Underground Flood, which just came out here in December. And so he's really leaning into this. And you can't forget about what he did earlier this year, too, with the Bloody Beat Roots. Yeah, Yeah. fully P with with an, an artist called the Bloody Beat Roots that we will we will explain a little more about here called the catastrophists which really is more of the same kind of idea it's i mean that's that's him and an artist collaborating but even within that there's other artists collaborating on the track right. with the both right. of them right yes. so <laughs> that's more controlled though sort of what do you mean yeah why don't well why don't we get into that casey that's a good good point well the catastrophist is kind of not every track is a different artist necessarily it's it's more the same artist because you had I don't know. It just it's listed as 
Tom Morello, Bloody Beetroots, and then occasionally Pussy Riot, and and that's mostly it. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's seven tracks on the Catastrophists. Um, three of them have have guest features that, as I look at it, are actually exclusively uh, female fronted. Yeah. Uh, there's a track called Radium Girls that just is like a whole bunch of of different women uh, involved in it. So, so it kind of has, it's, it's halfway then, I guess, of that feature yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But, but, and it's like, um, Tom Morello and the bloody beat roots, you know, they're the steady holding it down. And then Anna TU or Amy interrupter or whoever join in on the other tracks and kind of add their own spin to them. Yep. And they do have different themes too, because I think that, you know, the bloody beat roots albums kind of, in my opinion, a little bit more political than the rest of the albums too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's also because you have the, uh, because you have the band Pussy Riot, you know, who's known for their political antics in Russia. And, and just, you know, I think the, the theme of the overall album to me just seems like it's more of a political album than than what the fire fire was. I mean, there's political songs on the fire, but there, it's more of a collaboration album to try to, like I said, to try to blend the genres together. Right. Well, and the reason why I say it's more controlled is that also that helps with it being an EP and only seven tracks as opposed to 12 tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And so to me, there's more cohesion with the Bloody Beat Roots, who, by the way, we should probably mention this a little bit. A lot of these artists are very international. You just mentioned Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bloody Beat Roots are an Italian dance music group. And he he features, you know. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had no idea that. I, I didn't know that they were from Italy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, and we'll come back to that because the the most common connection I think between all three of these is how much he's into electronic stuff right now. Yeah, but the cat- catastrophist though it does it feels more cohesive because you've got Tom and the Beat Roots kind of holding it down, like we mentioned. As you said, it feels a little more thematic, and then you get into the Atlas Underground. Both of these albums, just like the first one from a few years ago, it's almost. Whereas the catastrophist felt more like other people were joining him, the Atlas Underground, pretty much every song feels like he's joining the other artists yes. in a song that largely sounds like their style. Correct. I agree. And their messaging. So some of it's going to be political, some of it's not. It just yeah. depends on who he's talking to or working with. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it, too. Because right? that, that was one thing I kind of felt that there was the main difference between the newest undergrounds, I should say the fire and flood as opposed to the original underground. Right. Cause I think that the original underground was more people working with him and being featured on his songs, or at least it seemed like it was all his music. Cause it was just, you know, it kind of his sound, but now it's just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, whatever he could do. He was doing what he wanted to do basically. And it's really interesting to me as you, as we go through these. So just for starters, I will note, because I think it seems like we're ready to kind of dive deeper into the the Atlas Undergrounds in particular. Yeah. But uh, I think that Catastrophe CP was really good. And the fact that it feels it feels pretty complete together and is short and whatnot works really well for it. The Atlas Undergrounds are obviously full lengths. They're longer. He's so freaking diverse in the artists that he works with. He's got like country people. He's got rappers. He's got, you know, Damian Marley. He's got, you know, grunge legends um a punk legends people from all over the spectrum on these things and like guitar gods basically the, yes there's yeah. the, there's the guitar god song. song which is pretty pretty epic um and then as we mentioned he's got a number of tracks that are with DJs and other and electronic artists and so it 
there's really good songs. It to me anyway, I don't know about you guys. It's hard to feel like they're all really unified, but it's it's a yeah. really interesting concept to see. Tom pretty much feels like he's like, okay, how can I contribute to like this artist's style? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think I think no track encompasses that more than Hold the Line with Grandson, because that sounds like a grandson song just with Tom's guitar lines in it. Yeah. Which he already collaborated with Grandson doing a guitar track over Grandson's Bloodwater. So Which I I distinctly remember grandson geeking out so hard about. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny too, because I don't know if you've seen the music video for hold the line, but like even on social media, uh, grandson's been posting these videos and stuff that that's just hilarious. Like he shared one video where he's holding this little cardboard sign. He says, waiting for my idol. And then all of a sudden Tom shows up and he throws the sign. He's like, Hey, Yeah, I mean, and if you're grandson, most of your songs have a political message behind them. And what better icon to join you than Tom Morello? Oh, there's right. no doubt that Tom Morello is probably one of the biggest influences on grandson that there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. at least not, you know, if if not Tom Morello in itself, but like Rage Against the Machine and that style right. of music. Right. Exactly. Yeah, the, the stuff, the political, you know, stuff from that era has got to be huge for him. And also not to make it all about grandson, but just as a little sidebar, like that dude's having himself a moment right now because he also just put out a, a, a redone version of one of his Death of an Optimist tracks that features Kesha and Travis Barker. So yeah, yeah. he's like, you know, all in the past year, like really started running with like the A-listers of of the music world. Right. He's He's gotten himself in with those those pop ones like you know once you get into travis barker's world then you're in like machine gun kelly's world and and, <laughs> and then you're just like all of a sudden at all these like Uh-oh. pop punk parties and stuff yeah. and all, all of a sudden kevin bacon shows up you're fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> heard you were five degrees away thought i'd just go ahead and show up and, <laughs> and get this done <laughs> oh man that's that that might be a little bit dangerous to be machine gun kelly adjacent but <laughs> especially now right now yeah. <laughs> so yeah grandson's having a good day i think a lot of these artists um something i want to note before we really get into like a song by song thing is again looking through like the list it's really cool both the diversity of artists that for one he could get and that want to work with him and then also the various levels, because you'll see, like right. I mentioned, you have you have some legends in here. But if you look within these these two Atlas Underground albums, there are also a number of artists that are much more unknown, at mm-hmm. least I would say to to us, to American audiences. Like we talk about some of the international acts and there's some smaller acts that are mixed in that it makes me wonder, like, did he hunt them down or how did those guys get connected? I'm very curious because it's like. And on some parts, it's like uh, Tom seems like he's probably like living out some dreams, you know, working with some of his own heroes and stuff like that. And in right. the next generation. And sometimes it's like I think he's just using his voice to elevate other newer artists. Right. I know he is. And that's and that's why I got to give, you know, props and respect to Tom for just kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing yeah. seeing what sticks. He's like, yeah. I don't I don't care who I don't care who's collaborating on my song. Come on, let's let's, yeah. let's throw down. You want a collaboration? <laughs> He's going Oprah on everybody. <laughs> you know what's really funny about that is I've expressed my discontent for country style music on the show before. Uh-huh. And I, I don't listen to it. So my kids have not been exposed to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. When the Chris Stapleton song came on <laughs> 
like it is a country country song like yeah. it is it is at that twang and there's not you know there's nothing wrong with it. i like it don't get me wrong but i think it's funny because like jacoby's like dad what is this song <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and i told him you know the name of the song and stuff and he's like this song is awesome it's so like every time for a week we got into the car we yeah. had to hear that song it was <laughs> dad i gotta hear the war inside i gotta hear the war inside i will you- say that <laughs> on this particular track it it made me miss uh chris cornell because i i'm picturing him performing that song mm. and it's it's pretty close i don't know i think it's too country for cornell like i i think stapleton did a great well, no, job. but i'm saying what i'm saying is cornell's like i'm pick i'm picturing audio slave performing that song oh yeah there were a couple of songs yeah, no, I agree. There were a couple of songs I totally agree with you there where there, it felt like um, it was a leftover audio slave song. Yeah. And it was there was one in particular on the flood that I just was like, damn, this straight feels like he just ripped it off or just <laughs> forgot about it. I thought for 10, 12 years, 20 years, however long they were doing that. Yeah, I thought that the um, in flood, the bring me the horizon song, the riff was very like ragey. That's on fire. Yeah. Which either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the concepts are the same thing. Let's on one of the disasters, <laughs> one of these things, fires, floods, they're weird. Which we'll get back to the album art in a minute. But yeah, the "Bring Me the Horizon" song to me definitely sounded like a rage. They don't all sound like rage riffs because sometimes he's acoustic, sometimes he's right. doing some different things entirely. You know how he's a traditionally Tom Morello's thing is, you know, he experiments with guitar sounds. He's gone on record as saying he thinks the electric guitar is the you know most perfect instrument of all time. And so he plays with pedals and effects and can make sounds that don't sound like guitars. But his, you know, his bread and butter is Rage Against the Machine riffs. And, right, right. And a handful of those make appearances in these albums. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't remember what song it was, but there was a song on Flood that I was political. And I felt like it was made for Cornell to sing. But Cornell did not sing political songs. He didn't, you know, he didn't really... I guess want to be thrust into that light. Mm. Well, the the one on flood that I thought was absolutely hysterical because just seeing who was featured was hard times with Nathaniel Ratliff, who basically throws down two lines and then it just it just like auto tunes throughout the whole song. <laughs> hard times, I think, is probably one of my favorites on there. And yeah, Nathaniel Ratliff is a very interesting artist, and he's he's a Missouri boy too. So so kudos to to him sneaking in there. I think that might be the one you're thinking of. That one definitely to me sounds like a a rage or or maybe audio slave riff. Um, but then it's got you know it's also a rapped vocal as well with with Ratliff. Just doesn't he just say hard times? Isn't that it? He says hard times, and then he, there's another line that he says, and it. They cut the line occasionally. They don't say the whole thing. That brings us to a point that is worth noting. I know Morello, this was interesting. I was looking over a little interview with him about these these albums, and he was talking about how ever since he was a teenager, he's pretty much nonstop toured and recorded. Yes. And how the and how the pandemic well what what he said was the pandemic made him slow down, which to me is hilarious that it slowed you down <laughs> yeah. and you could release all this stuff. But I think what he really just meant was he was it was a more paced thing. Like Right. Like when he talked about how out, out and about. Yeah, it, it was it was more, you know, I'm here at home. Um, he's, you know, trading MP3s with Eddie Vedder and stuff, sending tracks back and forth to to complete these things. 
So it's just a very different lifestyle for him to just be at home doing this stuff rather than, yeah, like you said, out and about. Um, and that's what that's that reminds me of the the Ratliff thing um, yeah. is that guy just sent a couple of lines in and that's all he had to do for that track. <laughs> yep, it was, it's, it's hard times and then like all you need or something like that. OK, <laughs> hey, that's, that's good exposure, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like hard, 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 hard times. <laughs> he's got he's got himself a few tracks you know yeah well and that he's like the main feature and that's what's like even funnier yeah that is, it's almost that is like true. uh um primitive radio gods with the standing outside of a broken phone booth almost yeah how they just took that sample and it just yeah. repeats and let's yeah. that one line yeah 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 okay so i i gotta ask you guys i've i've been wondering about this one so there is a cover song on the Atlas Underground Fire, uh-huh. and and that is that is Morella doing Highway to Hell, um, featuring Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder. And yeah. I I just want to know what you guys think of that track in particular. <laughs> well, it's hilarious because you kind of somewhat have a hard time distinguishing which one's Bruce and which one's Eddie. <laughs> yeah, if Bruce wasn't about. 30 years older than Eddie, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them, to be honest. But they both sound great. I mean, it's, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's funny. Uh, it, so my issue with that is that you have legends in the rock world and Springsteen and Eddie Vedder, and you use them to cover an ACDC song. Like why? Right. right. Like, you, what the hell? Like you could, there's, you could have done so much more or created a song and it would have still been better than that. I, I felt that way a couple of times with other tracks as well, which we'll get into, but, uh, and mostly with like the dubstep stuff, it's, it's like, okay, you, you threw a bunch of dubstep and occasionally a guitar riff and occasionally a vocal. (laughs) (laughs) My guess is with, with Morello Springsteen and Vetter who probably known each other for 20 or 30 years, by the way, at least, um, my guess is that he, you know, got together with both of them and was like, hey, want to have some fun? Well, I'm pretty <laughs> what you, sure. What do you want to sing? I'm and pre- they just picked that one. They're like, <laughs> let's do ACDC. That would be cool. <laughs> well, I think if you cover it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're if you're under contract by a record label, if you cover somebody else's song and you, you're not selling it like, you know, is yeah. that do they are the, is it able is it easier to get you released to actually be featured on that record? Cause that's, that was my thing is like what I'm sure that Pearl jams records probably wouldn't release Eddie Vedder without having some beef and, you know, having some stake in that. Right. Themselves. Well, and no, I mean, Eddie records his own uh, as, you know, on his own as a solo guy too. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's bound to exclusively Pearl jam stuff. I think he's got a lot of freedom, but I don't know. That's a, well, that's and, and that's question. how they were. Rec- that's how they recorded it. It was all emailed to, to Tom basically. So yeah. <laughs> he's like, do you want to throw out a track? I'm like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing we definitely can't deny is that Tom, for a guy who is, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's got to be pushing 50 at this point. If he's he, not, if he's not 50. he is 57. Wow. Okay. Wow. Then even more impressive. I didn't know that he was that much older than us, <laughs> but Tom, for a guy who's 57, the man is tracking not only with technology, but also with like the, the kind of the, the popular sounds in the future. Like he has his, his, 
finger on the pulse of where music is. Right. And I think that's very interesting the way he, it doesn't feel like he's like tagging along with these artists. Well, at, and at I, all. yeah, I feel, I feel like he's just more open than, yeah. than most. Yeah. That's a great, a great way to put it. He's a dude who, as you mentioned, and will probably beat this point into the ground, which I'm actually okay with. Like he's all over the musical spectrum and the guests that he has here. And the fact that all those people, you know, respect him and are want to work with him and that he is, you know, aware of and able to compliment so many of them so well, it shows how he's prepared to advance and evolve with the time and to keep his message out there to, you know, multiple generations, which is a hard thing to do when his original band's heyday was the 90s to still be relevant in 2021 is impressive in its own right. Well, yeah. from what we saw, he has a, a teenage boy, so I'm sure he that helps. does. <laughs> Let's especially, mention that, <laughs> especially when you're Tom Morello and you're, you're already going to be cool as shit, no matter what. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that his son probably keeps him, you know, up to date on all the uh, the hip <laughs> and cool things happening for that generation. Probably that's that's, that's a great point. I, we'll, we'll throw this out there. I'm not actually going to suggest anybody listens to this track because it's uh it's kind of unbearable to listen to (laughs) but (laughs) just mute it earlier this year uh tom morello's son roman um made his debut he was was he playing guitar as well i don't even remember actually yes he was playing guitar he was playing guitar as well on on a track with uh nandy bushel who is a little a fun little drum prodigy that we brought up a couple times before so these kids out here and um i believe it was a song about environmentalism if i remember correctly uh had a little little cameo from Tom himself. And yeah, she can play drums. But she cannot sing. She's <laughs> like at, at her age. And yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy to listen to, but the musical talent is there behind it. If somebody else had maybe sung it, yeah. um, but it's just cool on them to be, you know, conscious of those issues at that age and musically talented. So, you know, that's another thing that Tom was up to this year was, you know, helping out Roman and getting in all in, uh, on all that action. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and if his son, I mean, because from that song, like he he does pretty good playing guitar. Like the song itself is not that great, but um, yeah, it, it's it's got me excited because I'd like to see some more collaborations, maybe with his son. Who knows? Actually, if you if you uh, we're not really TikTokers, but if you are, um, hop on there, and every once in a while you might you might see a a little uh, Morello oh. father and son collaboration. Oh wow. <laughs> So I definitely yeah. am not cool enough for that. <laughs> no, see, Tom, Morello, Tom Morello's 20 years older than us, but still cooler than us and, course, and more course. down with more down of, with modern technology than we are. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's dig into a couple more of these tracks. Um, and we talked about hold the line. We talked about the highway to hell. One. Let's talk about the other, the one on flood. That is uh, sort of the, I'll call it the legends track. That's what I wanted to talk about too. Yes. Okay. Take that one. What? Let's let's talk about that one. <laughs> so, um, track five. I have seen the way, and I will be honest. Like when I was listening to this album the first time, I didn't quite understand. I didn't know who was on this track without like listening to it. So I'm listening to it, and I'm and he and, and like it's funny because like it starts off and he's just like I have seen the way. Yeah. You're like yeah, Tom. I've seen the way too. All right. What's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And so. And then all of a sudden, like the guitar kicks in, you're just like, "Damn, that's that's not Tom. That's got, Metallica." No, the first <laughs> one, I, I don't think so. Like you can yeah. t- pr- pretty much tell the difference. So, um, 
I have seen the way is featuring Alex Lifeson, the guitarist of Rush, Kirk Hammett, the guitarist of Metallica, and Doctor Fretch, some freaking EDM. That's that's the guy that's seen the guy. way, apparently. Doctor Fresh, yeah, Doctor Fresh is he's a remixer, kind of electronic dude, as we oh, mentioned. Okay. Those guys show up on a lot of tracks because Tom's just really into it. But See, still, I, I could have done without the 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 DJ dubstep on this track. I I would yeah. have thrown in like a Joe Bonamassa or something. Well, it helped. Four I will say it did Casey, help. How selfish are you? <laughs> You're being so greedy right now. It, it did help break up the chorus and the verses, though. Yeah, but I just I could have done without it. <laughs> yeah, I you. You got I, what's cool about that to me is that it feels like a companion track of, of sorts to the other one so you had like you know springsteen yeah springsteen was making his his name in the 80s maybe was he in the 70s 70s yeah 70s Late 80s 70s. yeah pearl jam comes out in the 90s and then you have this one where like rush rush's heyday was was the 70s yeah uh, metallica i mean they 80s metallica 80s, was Hades, the 80s and then Tom and Rage comes out in the 90s. You've got literal generations and decades of guitar gods happening and, all at the same time. And then random DJ and Dr. Guy. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, you know, not to mention, there's also another track on St. Unflood as well. That's another great guitar featuring great guitarists um, in their own respect, just different style, which mm. is Warrior Spirit featuring Rodrigo y Gabriela. Yes. And that that song is fucking amazing. Like that's it's probably just, it's yeah. really awesome. Like I would like to see that one live. Like or a right. video of them performing it together. Rodrigo and Gabriella are always mind blowing if you just watch videos of them. Yeah. Like getting Tom in there with them would be so cool. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why I wanted to watch a video of them perform it, because it's like, okay, which which one is doing what part? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they are an artist that is that is better to watch than to just hear, because when you see the way their hands are moving on those guitars, it adds like triples like the awesomeness of the tracks. <laughs> well, and shout out to Rodrigo e Gabriela is that's actually the second time they've made an appearance on a somebody else's rock album this year is they were also featured on the blacklisted album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did a little Metallica cover in there. Yes, they did. Forgot about that. Did a damn good job of it too. They're they're remarkable, and that was a great way to close out Flood, I think, as well. Agreed. Yeah. One of the issues that I have with these, like we mentioned, like the concept of what he's trying to do is really cool, and there's a lot of impressive stuff going on. As start to finish albums, they're to me they're both really weird listens because yeah. because yeah, of how versatile. You know, yeah. the sounds are like stuff doesn't really flow into each other very well. And it's it's just it's hard to to get a sense of, you know, that this all matches together, that these aren't I put it this way. I feel like you could take these albums and like interchange any mix, shuffle them up in any way you wanted just about. And it wouldn't make a ton of difference from a start to finish experience. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I don't think that that was the case with the original Atlas Underground. I felt like that did actually have some flow to it. But no, yeah. I completely agree with you on these. Like these these almost need to be listened to on random because there yeah. is no flow whatsoever. And sometimes like you could get like, for instance, on the first the, the first album drives me nuts fire because you have the Bring Me the Horizon song, which is a, a heavy, raucous song. You're like, yeah. And then the next song is Chris Stapleton. You're just like, what the hell? Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it's it's like I said, it's a twangy country song. So you have this very fast, high paced, heavy rock song. And then you come down to the Chris Stapleton song. And no, I'm sorry. You have the uh, there's Fanta that other song. Fantagram in the Fantagram. middle. Fantagram. Yeah. Which is a, a pop song. It's even weirder. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You so got you have, that's the thing. Like 
then you go to Chris, and then you go to grandson. And then back up to grandsons. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's just really weird. Like, you have this, like, really uh, fast-paced song, and then the slow-paced driving to Texas song, which is, I just, I wish that song would be at the end of the album, to be honest. Well, I'll be honest, I could have done without the last two tracks on fire. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I want to speak to that, but I actually have to look her up first. Some, uh... Yeah, fire. The track eleven is "Save Our Souls," Dennis. Oh yeah, no, I I, I do agree with you. And then, the, just, and then, and then the yeah. other one is a eight and a half minute dubstep track. Right. So, well, so here <laughs> to there's, end there's, the album. <laughs> Tom Morello, I think, is a person that is important to try to understand why he picks people and does things. Yeah. So, like, you know, like "Save Our Souls" track eleven on fire. It's got Dennis from Refuse, and Refuse is definitely the kind of artist I could see him collaborating with just because they're also from the same kind of era. And Refuse yeah. is a very like forward-thinking like punk band. Mm-hmm. Um and then this this uh you call it yeah, the eight-minute dubstep track um <laughs> features a woman named Sama uh Abdulladi. And if she hears that, forgive me if I mispronounce your name. Yeah. But she's a she's a Palestinian DJ, which that's why oh, I mentioned wow. what's cool about That's this is cool. is how internationally he goes. And he's just yeah. he's bringing credibility to people around the world and women as well. And so yeah. she's kind of like the Palestinian like techno queen, apparently. Yes. From what I understand. That's cool. Yeah. And the itch. None of us that I'm aware of are really known to be into eight minute dubstep tracks. No nope. uh, dubstep in general. Just I mean, or in general. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't mind it a I little bit. It, yeah. I mean, it in, makes but... with, yeah, exactly. OK, I, but, but it is wavelength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but conceptually, it is pretty cool. Yes. And I'll say that, like, uh, for me, there are a couple of you mentioned sprinkled in. I think that's a good way to put it. So, like, <laughs> give me a shorter one. So, like, I listened, mentioned how these tracks seem kind of weird. So Flood starts with a track called uh, Radical in the Family, um, which with San Holo, because apparently just swapping initials is now a thing people do to make to make musician names <laughs> two episodes in a row we've talked about a, either a song name or a band name that's done that yeah yeah and, and and i hear that one and then i'm like that that's a strange song to be at the beginning of this album and there's one later on called ride at dawn featuring you know another electronic artist that goes by break code and i thought that one was pretty sick and probably would have been a really good opener for the album yeah and so like some of it hits some of it doesn't necessarily i don't know Here's one for you. There's an ex ambassadors track on here. Did anybody? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to say I loved it, but I'm going to say it's better than I wanted it to be. Cause well, I'm not really a fan of that band or the kind of those kind of bands that dominate rock radio now. <laughs> right. And it's funny yeah. because they've, they've collaborated with multiple artists, including grandson. So <laughs> they've got their cred. People dig them, but it had a little bit of that, like outlaw country vibe that I, that I enjoy. Um, yeah. But then you've got you've got weird. I shouldn't call it weird, but there is to me a lot, especially on Flood, where it just it feels like he's sort of tagging on to the other artist song. And I can't always say that it seems like he's necessary, like like back to back in the <laughs> middle of that album. You have um, the Lost Cause where he collaborates with Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. And then you have you have the Maze where he collaborates with Andrew McMahon and. I don't know. There's nothing about that that signifies to me that Tom Morello is doing a lot. And he probably is. It might just be my ears. 
Yeah. But I, I those sound like that... Manchester and Andrew McMahon songs to me. <laughs> right. And I got that same feeling on let on Let's Get the Party Started by Bring Me the Horizon. I felt yeah. like yeah. a Bring Me the Horizon song, to be honest. Yeah. It really did. It, it felt like Bring Me the Horizon got a a ragier riff than normal on top of what would they would normally write. And so yeah, it's it's a little hit or miss. But I mean, there's still lots of great tracks. I, I'm looking forward to playing a lot on the, the radio show. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to hear about which ones you want to play on the radio show. I got a couple more notes on a couple of these tracks that I um, I want to mention. I just mentioned Manchester Orchestra. I know I don't think any I don't think anybody in the itch is a huge listener of that band either. Um, but I had never realized until I heard this track how similar they sound to Silver Sun Pickups, which is another band that I'm kind of a fan of. I don't know that either of you guys really are, but um, I am not. And the only, and I have to apologize because the only reason why I'm really, really not is because of rock band. The video. <laughs> uh, what, did lazy. I kill you on that on rock band. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that what killed me. It was a, what a, it was that it you was got, one of the early songs and you yeah. had to play the crap out of it. Oh yeah. To get to the higher levels. And it's just, <laughs> oh, I hated the song by the end of it. That just gave you the bad taste. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> the guy from Silver Sun Pickups and the guy from Manchester Orchestra have kind of kind of similar sounds and voices. But that just just a note that came up to me. So I want to bring up a point. There's one person on this album that, uh, amongst all three of these albums, actually, that when I listened to him, I thought I think I could actually hear at least a whole EP, maybe an entire album of of this artist and Morello full time together. Um, uh, grandson. No, he might be number two or three. <laughs> that that would be number one for me. But yeah, I was going to go. I was going to say Ben Harper. There's a track called Raising Hell on Flood. Ben Harper is is a very notable name. He's, he's been in the game for a long time. And I didn't actually realize this, but he did guest on a Night Watchman track, you know, a yeah. decade ago, whenever Morello was was releasing those. To me, there's two Tom Morellos. OK, there's there's the Rage Riffs. And then there's that, what I, like I said, like a Woody Guthrie thing that he wants to do. Yeah. Right? Right. I think that if Tom collaborated with Ben Harper, I think they could create that, that what he seems to want to be doing when he does like Night Watchmen stuff. Because uh, Ben has an amazing voice. He's very diverse in, in, his, in his like kind of folk blues styles. And he has, he can have really biting like commentary and political angles which you know obviously tom morello is going to want and yeah. so i don't know those two seem to be a really particularly good match out of all the matches in here to me um and so i would be interested in hearing more of those two together if uh you know if they happen to be interested i think we'll put that out on the socials at some point and try to <laughs> su- try to suggest that it should happen <laughs> you know it's funny I kind of felt that way with Barnes Courtney because I'll be honest, I yeah. don't know who the hell that was, but I love that song, Human. Yeah, yeah, he had a couple of big hits uh, about five, six years ago. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, but uh, he's a was, name that I... you, you say big hits, but I don't know any of these songs. I, th- I think it was Glitter and Gold, was it, or something like uh, that? Yeah, way back in 2016. You're right. Okay, you said yeah. yeah. Good call You're about right. five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a few Damn, artists. You got a steel trap memory. <laughs> Casey does. Casey is. Oh, uh, 
some I think you called me an encyclopedia once, but that was mostly because I just had the spreadsheet in front of me of knowing what episodes we've done. Casey just remembers everything that happens. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's a step up. That's a couple levels up from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, be, I believe he's a UK artist. I'm not a hundred percent on that. He is. Okay. Yeah. He's a, an English singer. Yeah. But uh, I should have gone back before we started this and counted the different nationalities that he collaborates with because that would be awesome we, yeah. that, would be, that, that would be pretty cool he covered all continents he has hit yeah. every continent <laughs> i mean anna to you who he works with on the on the beetroots ep is is uh chilean and french <laughs> so that's like two birds and one stone right there like that's a, <laughs> like he's just all over the place and it's pretty great yeah, I agree. And then yeah, and then you got Damian Marley, who's obviously Jamaican. Yep. There's he he goes a lot of places. Now, <laughs> I want to point out, I have no idea about this guy. Um, well, actually, Chipotle I'm, Joe. Chipotle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> if you search for that guy, nothing turns up. No idea who or what Chipotle Joe is. <laughs> instead, instead, Jose Jalapeno on a stick shows up. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> also i just want to throw this out there maybe it'll start a little fire qdoba is better than chipotle so <laughs> unrelated but i think the world needs to know and accept this as a truth chipotle away chipotle away <laughs> i want qdoba truth. joe next time he's better <laughs> qdoba joe <laughs> i think it's actually qdoba harry and chipotle joe and, and instead qdoba of- harry <laughs> <laughs> instead of jim jones it'll be jimmy johns this is tom Moreau, tom Morello's food album the food album <laughs> awesome featuring some corn and <laughs> nathaniel ratliff and the meat sweats <laughs> yeah, the meat puppets the meat the meat puppets is real now but <laughs> i know so it was corn that's true I want to note that he has a Jim Jones and a Jim James. He does both on this album. I, and I had to that's look confusing. At, <laughs> yeah, I totally had to double check that. I was like, is that the same one? No, that's totally a different name. It's... Also, can, can we just note Jim James? I don't. That can't be the guy's real name because that would make him James James. <laughs> that's the guy from My Morning Jacket, and I've and and you know they're a fairly big deal. They've been for a while, but I I never knew that that was the guy's name. They're not a band that I've paid that much attention to, apparently. But now I have a mission. What's the deal with Jim James? Who knows? Yeah. James James. Okay. It is not his real name, which obviously. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> Wikipedia. James Edward um, Olegus Jr. Professionally known as Jim James or Yim Yames. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just gonna stop there because i think i'm done now <laughs> yimmy yames yimmy yames <laughs> what the heck all right well now i know now i know i need to spend some more time with my morning jacket because something funny's going on there um yeah but the mystery of chipotle joe is is unresolved uh, <laughs> well you know that's what's funny too is like you know the whole idea I would I would assume it'd be to promote these artists. And when you still can't find shit about somebody, well, you're not doing a great job promoting them. 
Yeah, most of them, most of them are pretty easy to find stuff on, even the smaller artists that are on here. So there's somebody called Femme on Fire. There's a dude named uh, Protohype on, on there as well. Yeah. Like you can look those guys up and find plenty of information about them, even though they're not at the level of a lot of the others. Chwotle Joe doesn't turn up squat. No. <laughs> I don't think he's real. <laughs> <laughs> he's I don't know what to make of that. Name. Right. I, I, don't, it, I don't know what to make of that at it's all. It's Tom Morello's alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> it's his own alter ego. <laughs> I had to come up with another identity to guest star yeah. on my own album. That's oh, right. man. <laughs> hey, so a couple of side notes before, and then I... I I would like to hear you guys as like favorites, but a couple of side notes. For one, I'm a I'm a big fan of Fantagram. Um uh, as a just as a general as a band. I think that or they have three or four albums now. And uh the last couple have been major winners. Uh, they had album come out last year called Ceremony that's really good. I recommend it. Um don't care that much for their Atlas Underground song. Like of the ones on here, it would not be even close to the top of mine. I don't think that they're a particularly natural fit together. But I do, I just wanted to give them a shout out because I think that they're quality artists. But this doesn't do them quite the justice that I wish it did. Yeah, I definitely did not like that song at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> really at all. Second note. Um, so the album art on Atlas Underground albums. Yes. <laughs> so the first one in 2018 is... Uh, it's it's a hippo with like angel wings or eagle wings or something on it. Something. That's a whole thing. And then flood and fire are elephants uh, with butterfly wings for ears. Yep. Yeah. So this flying animal situation that Tom Morello <laughs> likes to deal with. I don't know what to make of it. I will say it looks pretty cool, though. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that they went with the elephant again. <laughs> well, it, you definitely it should have been another large flying animal like a fucking <laughs> whale or something <laughs> well, you, get, you get the impression that with the with with the fire and flood that they were you know they're supposed to be together in some way or another you know with the proximity Ooh. of releases and and the concepts of the flood and, or the you know water and fire thing and so apparently but, he also released the instrumentals from the original atlas underground you should see the uh cover from that one that yeah. is a badass album cover because it's got the hippo roaring and his yeah. wings like full like <laughs> in, like his wings fully spread which is just weird a flying hippo is definitely strange in a thunderstorm at that a lightning yes. storm that's a yes. pretty epic cover that's probably the coolest of the covers that of any of um of morello's like solo stuff Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, you have the Catastrophe CP, which just is like the 50s bomb test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very simple. I kind of like the I kind of like the font on it. You know, I wouldn't mind hearing more of that. I wouldn't mind having another Catastrophe EP. I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to call their collaboration the Catastrophe or that's just the name of the, yeah, EP. Of the EP. I don't, I'm not sure. I want to yeah, call them that as like that's their super group name. Yeah. Tom and the Beat Roots, because I think it's kind of a cool name. But I don't know. Yeah. You know what's really exciting, guys? Yes. Well, you're going to tell us and then I'll know. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. Tell me. So we get to see Tom Morello live in May with we Rage do. Against the Machine for the first time in my fucking life. I'm so excited. Unless you want to buy my ticket, in which case I'll, we'll talk off air. Not nope. you guys, but anybody listening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's a joke partially. Um <laughs> The partial part being that I'm still having a hard time understanding how Rage Against the Machine and their views can justify the price 
that they're charging for these tickets. Supposedly all profits from the, t- from the tickets go to all local charities, but it's so it's, I don't necessarily think it's the band that's getting most of the ticket prices. I think it's the venue, the ticket masters, the ticket master itself. Master is, is yeah, yeah, but this is still above and beyond the price, like, but I don't want to take will, away from that though. I don't, I don't I will to... have to say like for the year and a half that we didn't go to concerts, I enjoyed not having to deal with ticket masters bullshit. But as soon as I bought tickets again, like I just, it all came back to me. Like just <laughs> yeah. how much I hate that fucking company with a passion. <laughs> Yeah, they are the worst. So this better be a darn good show for for what's happening here. Do you like $84 in fees? Do you want to insure these tickets for another $48? <laughs> We're going to charge you another dollar fifty fee because we can. <laughs> uh. Oh man. But nonetheless, we are we are excited about seeing this band. Um I'm really hoping that seeing them for one, I'll be excited to see um Zach you know, yeah. in public for like a solid yeah. hour. Yeah. I can't hour, wait. Hour and a half, two hours. Hair is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's been keeping it shorter lately, but maybe. Oh, really? I, well, not shorter, like short, short, but like he's got a nice tight little fro. Man, yeah. I was but hoping we, we'd be rocking the dreads together. <laughs> you might. Who knows by then? May's a long ways away. Yeah. I don't know what he's been doing lately. I haven't seen him so much. Yeah. One of the most important things to me about this concert is is my desire that by seeing it, it will exercise the demons in Dan's life that keep him yes. disliking the Beastie Boys. Yes. <laughs> and I think that maybe. maybe if he finally sees them, he'll be able to let that re- that beef rest. It, it, it is possible. It is possible. That's, I'm holding out hope bygones for them. be bygones as long as I get to see Rage in my lifetime. As long as you get to see them. That's what I'm <laughs> hoping for. <laughs> yeah. And for a great show. So you can, you can bet on the itch having an episode about the return of Rage Against the Machine. Uh, yeah, six months from now when we've seen that show, <laughs> it, yes. you know, it's it's funny because like I didn't realize until we saw Prophets of Rage, like how like how much I truly love Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Um, and like that is one of my favorite bands. It's always been one of my favorite bands. And I'm just I'm super, super, super excited about seeing them live. It's yep. going to be so awesome. Agreed. So. Yes, maybe I will not hate the Beastie Boys since I will have been able to see my one of my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into the kind of the last little bit of this segment, I want to put out a note and I want to get, get you guys' thoughts on this. Um, I think Tom Morello's singing voice is goofy. It is. <laughs> he knows that too. When and he that, I mean, the night, the night watchman proves that, you know, yeah. yes. And that's another reason why I think that the Ben Harper collaboration would work, because I feel like Ben has a better voice to do what he wants with the night watchman. But when Tom tries to sing, he puts on this deep voice and he wants to sound <laughs> yeah. oh, rich and like a weathered old man. And it just it just sounds goofy to me every time. I'm like, bro, I get why you collaborate with people. Right. Fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> right so so there's that <laughs> yes agreed because because we're dealing with about 30 songs or something that tom put out this year i want to know for each of you guys you know if you're picking flavor of the week you know a handful of songs for the radio show from these albums and and you can ignore whether or not it's actually explicit or would involve editing for the purpose of this exercise yeah everything's fair game what are your what are your handful of tracks from across the catastrophists, Atlas Underground Flood, and Atlas Underground Fire? Well, if I'm going by my list, 
I started off with number five, Highway to Hell, with Bruce and Eddie, because mostly because of it just existing. It's just kind of a, a an interesting track that shouldn't exist, but somehow does. So you're actually <laughs> counting down like a list, like your top five? Yes. Oh, wow. He's Okay. All right, I'm ready now. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, Let's do it. okay. I'm excited. Number four, so, number four, The War Inside with Chris Stapleton, just because, it, again, it's kind of an interesting, unexpected track and it made me miss Audio Slave and Chris Cornell. Uh, Human with Barnes Courtney. Okay. N- number three. And then uh, number two, Hold the Line with Grandson. And number one, Warrior Spirit with Rodrigo y Gabriela. Nice. All right. I I ha- I think if I had to had to go, you know, just to that number, I think we would only have one in common if I heard <laughs> you right. Yeah. I think we would. Cause I'm gonna go with and this isn't in like a like an order per se, well chronological order, I guess. I think I would take Radium Girls from Catastrophists. Yeah. Because it features everybody. And I love this idea of showcasing all these female artists. Like there's literally like four of them in that song. Um so I'm gonna go with that one. Um I think I am going to go with hold the line, take grandson from, from Atlas underground fire. And then probably my most surprising one. There's a track, uh, the femme track. It was called night, Witch. I love which that song. I thought that was a really good one. Like, like, yeah, a, really like kind of buried underneath all these like superstars was this night, Witch track. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of cool. I dig it. So I'm gonna go with those, those ones. And then, uh, Hard Times from Flood featuring Nathaniel Reitliff, Jim Jones, and Qdoba Joe. And um, <laughs> you just wanted to say the whole lineup again, didn't you? That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I'm going to go with the Ben Harper one since I talk so much about it. Raising Hell also from from Flood. So it was hard to cut Rodrigo and Gabriella, but I had to for the purpose of this. Of this exercise. exercise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like playing these little games and just seeing what we come up with and if we have overlap or not. It's fun yep. to me. I, I truly like the Lightning Over Mexico song. That is um, a good song. That was my introduction to that EP. And it, it actually really surprised me how good it was. Uh so I kinda that's kind of the thing that got me into that real quick. Um I'd have to say after that, like I've seen the way is just I was so shocked at like just for one, it existing kind of like you said with the, uh, yeah. the cover, but like being able to, de- to decipher whose guitar is playing between three of the best guitarists. And, uh, you know, and I'm not saying like they're the greatest, yeah. but they're some of the greatest of all time. There's no doubt. You can't argue that they're like not in the top 10 of fucking greatest of all time. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah. And so, or top 20 even, you yeah. Know? yeah. But like, and it was just awesome. They're elite level guitarists. Yeah. And it was, it was a great track. And so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that and including Tom, obviously on there too. Um, I would say the human one was, was great. Cause I don't know who Barnes Courtney was, but that, that was fantastic. My second favorite was the Achilles list, but Damien Marley, I fucking love that song. Like the, the music, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love, you know, I'm a, I tend to really like reggae and, and ska music. And I haven't, there's not been, hardly any of that in the last like year and a half that's come out and I've been missing it. And so like, I felt like this is like the only song I got that's covered all my ska and reggae uh, needs for the last year and a half. 
Um, and then hold the line, grandson. Yeah, I thought that was my favorite. I, as soon as we, as soon as it was released, myself and my kids were wanting to listen to it all the time. So I, it got very overplayed at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, there you go. There you yeah. go. So lots of different songs, as you can tell, all three of us didn't have very much overlap and there's tons and tons of tracks on this album. So if, if, if no matter what type of music that you like, you're going to find songs on these albums that you're, that you're going to like. And then yeah. that's what I truly appreciated. Agreed. It's really an impressive feat. What he's, what he's done here with all these collaborations and, and, you know, we've used the word chameleon usually in reference to Jacoby Shaddix, but the way he kind of chameleons himself into all these different styles, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent successful, but mm-hmm. more often than not, it works. Hey, he attempted it and it, he did it. Yeah. Point, points <laughs> yeah. for creativity, if nothing else. I truly feel like he, he's trying to be like the musical genre unifier. Like he's literally bringing all genres together from all over the world. And it's just, it, yeah, I, I truly appreciate that because there's, you know, I, I will admit that I still kind of live in my, my own little musical box. Uh, and, and I wouldn't have experienced music like this if it wasn't for Tom Rello. Yeah. That's a great point. I could, I could not say that better. So get, uh, get to listening. <laughs> you got like There's 30 tracks yeah <laughs> we would find love something to, i promise yeah and we would love to hear what your favorites are as you go through these as well and shoot go back to last year and tom's got another ep that you can listen to with a handful more tracks that are not collaborations but are still good yeah with slash but there are collaborations aren't there you're right <laughs> yeah if you want more epic rock guitars he's got a track with slash <laughs> and so Mention cover of Voodoo Child. Yeah. Yes. So tell us your favorite uh, Tom Morello tracks from the last year. We want to see how well we line up and just in general talk about music. It's what we do. We love talking about music. That's for sure. Yeah. And sharing music, which we will get the chance to do more of Sunday night from 6 to 9 p.m. on 89.1 The Wood KCLC. You can tune it in online at www.891thewood.com or through the TuneIn radio app. Yes. And we'll be playing some of this, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> Will it be flavor? We don't know. We probably don't know. not. <laughs> no. I, I I truly don't know what flavor of the week's gonna be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but in any given itch radio broadcast, you can count on Tom Morello. A decent chance he'll show up somewhere or another. The man's been in like four bands already, you know? So yeah. almost like every episode. Like it's yeah, it's it, guaranteed he's gonna be on our three hour show at some point or another with one of his bands. He's sneaking in there somehow. So yeah, tune in yeah. to find out which track it is. What's really <laughs> funny is like so our show, we kind of have like a, a format. Like when Casey's playing songs, it's usually like like late early nineties, kind of yeah. alternative late two uh, thousands, and so that's like where Audio Slave would fit in. And then, yeah. And then later, like when I start my my part of the show like i'm usually have hard and heavy and that's usually like where rage against machine would fit in and then like at the end of the show is when i kind of start going like the rap rock and then you got street super social club as yeah. well as his, his solo stuff like it's the dude is just he's he finds a way to fit himself in no matter where we need him that's exactly great. that's a great point <laughs> yeah so there you go stay tuned you don't know if he's going to be at the beginning of the show later in the show who knows yeah. he'll be anywhere he's hiding <laughs> Elf on a shelf. We've got Tom and the Tom and the itch. <laughs> oh, great. Now we got to figure that out. Where, where... 
Merlo on the Merlo on the radio. Uh, we gotta uh, be able to, now you got me and I have to figure something out for that or else my brain's not going to let me rest. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I, don't know. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Let's wrap this up because now we're starting to draw on the outro too long again. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on and fuck Ticketmaster. Nope. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please don't sue us. I didn't see that one coming. Every time you say, whenever you say something funny at the end, then I have to decide in the edit, or Casey and I have to decide in the edit, do I keep us laughing? Or yeah. do I go straight from that line into the song? <laughs> <laughs>